listening to Making Life Brighter on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, where we provide you with the latest information in natural healing, consciousness training, and all cutting-edge healing modalities, featuring experts in their field, including authors, musicians, and artists. Making Life Brighter is your forum for healing, inspiring, and uplifting entertainment. Here is your host, Winifred Adams. Good morning, you're listening to Making Life Writer Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams, and we are live today in Malibu, California on this beautiful sunny day. Thank you for joining us from all over the world. Special thanks to everybody, and shout out to our great Olympians who brought home medals and gave it their best. And I have a special guest here with us today. I have a very, very, very special work of musical art that I can't wait to share with you, and you're going to get excerpts of that hearing this fabulous composer's artwork through prayer. This is Mr. Stephen Chesney, who's come live to the studio to share with us his amazing artwork in his new album. Welcome. So nice to be here with you today, Winifred. Thanks for inviting me. Thank you for coming into. You know, I'm so excited. From the moment he introduced this to me, I got chills from head to toe. And I'm very, very excited to have this opportunity to share with you all healing music in such a passionate way as this man has presented it in his work. So his new album is called Sapient. And tell us a little bit about, we're just going to jump right in. We're going right there. Mm -hmm. So in a nutshell, here's the concept. Um, I spent a year just researching peace prayers and peace invocations from all over the world. And um, I studied with linguists and historians and imams and rabbis and monks and found these incredible words of wisdom that some go back thousands of years um, from all different languages and different traditions. And then I set them to music, kind of uh, modern art music with orchestra, um, in some cases strongly evoking the tradition that it's from, and in other cases uh, I took it down a much more unique path. So there's one song for each of these traditions, but here's the twist. This is the interesting um, aspect of this. When you listen to each song, they each stand alone. They, they um, uh, can be appreciated as a separate piece. But at the end, they're overlaid on top of each other in counterpoint. Uh, they fit together like a puzzle in the finale, which is called Nyansapo, the wisdom knot. So how is it that you came into doing such a project like Sapient? You, you grew up where? Um, in West Los Angeles, Santa Monica. Mm-hmm. And and then tell us a little bit about your history and your past and what you did coming in. Did you know you'd always do music? Is this something that was, you know, your your life goal? Yeah, I think I caught that music fever pretty young in life, maybe, you know, nine or ten. And, and you know, uh, I studied the guitar. I As a teenager, I got deeply into composing, and um, I was... At a young age, I was really, you know, highly enthused. I was writing string quartets and studying with teachers. And I ended up at USC Music School studying um, both composition and also um, classical guitar. And at that time, I had this burning interest in Renaissance and medieval music. Um, 
You know, it's interesting because every couple years I would discover some new thing in music, and I kept thinking, "Oh, this is is the most uh, true music," or "This is the." Um, as if this was the more natural or more perfect music. For instance, when I discovered Indian music, I wanted to sell everything and buy a sarod and just sit on a mountaintop and play um, ragas all day long. Or then when I got into jazz, I thought, no, this is the real music. This is the, you know, really alive kind of uh, spontaneous music. So what I realized from having uh, gone through all these love affairs with different musics was that I realized that those are masks, um, that those are uh, different languages or accents for something much deeper and more abstract. And so did your parents, were, were they also following into this musical inspiration that you had? Were they part and parcel of that in you? Did you grow up with a particular religion? Um, my, my parents did, weren't at all interested in music, really, um, and I'm not sure where that strange obsession came from. You know, some kids just... You were born a musician. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Um, yeah. A composer, and, technically. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, and we were raised um, in a somewhat uh, reform mm. Jewish tradition, which um, one of the nice things about being in a minority religion is it causes you to see the um, multitude of other ways of seeing things because you're surrounded by other things. I think if you grow up in one area where everyone is of the same mindset, it's a harder uh, hurdle. Mm -hmm. But so I think that there are some advantages to, to growing up in, a, um, in an area where there are uh, various ways of seeing things. And the, the funny thing about Reform Judaism also is it... it in a sense, has sowed the seeds of its own destruction because it 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 involves a philosophy of self inquiry and self um, challenge, which has led a lot of Jews, interestingly, into Buddhism. There's a whole um, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they, uh, very. I think thirty percent of American Buddhists are actually Jewish, uh, which is which is a huge percentage. But I I've always been fascinated with with other, wor um, other world traditions and other religions um, and what, what I find unifying about all of them. Tell me where the name Sapient came from. How is it that you decided on that as the album cover title? So Sapient um, has two definitions. Uh, one of them is wise or possessing or manifesting great wisdom. Um, and the other is pertaining to the human species, as in Homo sapiens. And so it, it appears as though we've named ourselves as a species wise, which is interesting. Maybe we're comparing ourselves to a lobster or something and saying, well, we see more connections in the world than a lobster sees. Um, one could also argue that, that we are highly unwise, but it does, it does make some statement about how humanity sees itself. And... Was it easy for you to come upon that? Did that come to you from some of the texts that you discovered? How did you decide this would be the word? 
an interesting question. I, I had a list of possible uh, titles, that, and they were con- um, I was constantly changing my mind about them. And I arrived at this. It just seemed to be very succinct. It was, it, it was a one-word title, um, and I love the fact that it has this double meaning, that there is wisdom uh, that's embodied in this collection, but at the same time, this is a unifying, uh, like the unifying apex of, of humanity, the, the best part of all of us. I think that's beautiful. This, this whole body of work is beautiful. And what is the symbol that's on the album cover? What does that mean? So uh, the symbol... Like a tuning fork almost. Yeah, it, 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 you know what's interesting is the, the final piece where everything comes together, I couldn't come up with a good name for it. Um, I, in, musicians call it a pyramid when things are added one after another. That's a musical term. And I was going to call it the pyramid. Um, but when I was studying uh, symbols to put on the cover, um, and I, I wanted to avoid the, the kind of... Um, cliche symbols that we've all seen so much. Um, but the Akon people of Africa um, about a century ago had this whole tradition of textiles where they would weave um, symbols into textiles that they'd either wear or put up on the wall. And this one symbol that represented wisdom it, uh, was called the Nyansapo or the wisdom knot. And boy, did that, I, that not only was wow. going to be my symbol, but I thought, yeah. that's the title. You know, I thought, I, I didn't want to name it a web because it, that has a negative connotation. And I, and I didn't want to call it a puzzle because that sounds like a question to be answered. But the wisdom knot, how perfect. Now, you know, that, it is beautiful and it is perfect. It's, it's like the whole thing was laid out for you to discover one one work at a time, seemingly, and it's come together so, so nicely. Tell me, did you, do you favor one over another? And since you've been done with this, do you follow one of these philosophies more than another? I don't, actually. I, I, what I, in fact, what was interesting is with each master or teacher or monk or whoever I was studying with, I was so taken by their teachings um, that I could have gone that day to go and live with them at any given point, um, which is interesting. Um, I had no knowledge of the Sikhs or what they believed. I see them around and and I've I've met many of them, but I, I didn't know that their teaching was so deeply unifying and ethical that, that they teach that we're all one family and all religions are related. And I didn't know that, that that was such an incredibly um, peace and love-oriented people. So this whole thing's been this voyage of discovery. And um, I'd say uh, whichever one I was meeting with at that time, I felt especially drawn to. <laughs> That's a brilliant answer. <laughs> we have so much more for you in store.
Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free Rome sanctuary. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio, and I'm your host, Winifred Adams. We are live today in Malibu, California, and I am here with artist Stephen Chesney. He is a composer, and he has quite a resume to his name and his work, and we've been discussing his latest album, Sapient. Tell us a little bit about what it is you've been composing for the pop culture world so people have an idea of the work you've been doing and then really can see this great art piece that you've done too. Through much of my adult life, um, I had 
two different kind of uh, poles going at the same time. On the one hand, um, I had worked myself into uh, very mainstream Hollywood. I was working on um, primetime network shows. Um, I did some independent films, but this went on for a couple decades. And then during the off seasons, I wrote concert music. So um, I was working on a cycle of programmatic symphonies, meaning symphonies that tell a story in a sense. Um, this long um, sort of epic work that was called um, The Seven Worlds of Doorsmith Bloom. And this was a, a set of orchestral works that were influenced by Bruckner and Sibelius. So that's what I did for a lot of my, um, well, I for about 20 years. Um, but about, I'd say, 10, 15 years ago, I got into a different end of it, where instead of doing music for hire, I was doing more um, of my own recording. And I was trying to distill all that I had done in music, all these journeys I had taken, um, where composers are encouraged uh, and expected to be edgy or clever or um, complex. And this gave birth to the Luminous World Orchestra. And that went on for about 10 years. The Luminous World Orchestra was an effort to make music as a form of compassion, that the energy of compassion and love was put into sound. And that became um, this whole other preoccupation. And that for, was popular. Um, it did well, yeah. I, that 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 gathered its own uh, audience, and um, was this a precursor to what you're? you're yes. It led right into Sapient it, and how you come to this concept. Tell us how you you landed on really putting this together, because I can't imagine that you said, "Well, I think I'm going to do all these." You had to jump in probably, and then the next thing led you <laughs> down mm -hmm. the trail of the next. Yeah. Okay. Discovery. So, so good point. Yeah, Sapient. <laughs> is its own animal. It's not the Luminous World Orchestra. It's it's like uh, nothing I had done specifically. Its roots go back to when I was a kid. Do you remember those old movies of the magical forest where you'd hear, let's say, ducks quacking and it becomes, it starts to take on a musical rhythm and then a bird flies overhead and sings this beautiful melody over the top of the ducks. And then maybe the, the flowers uh, come in on the chorus and they're singing this choral thing that's in the middle. And of course, there's this like comical, funky bass line that the hippo will do. And, and it all fits together like a puzzle. And each, each different thing has its own meaning and its own value, but it's part of the greater whole. And I think that's been... Um, this long time uh, interest of mine, which is why I like Bach and counterpoint and Baroque music. So that's one side of it. Then the other side um, was that as a kid, I was probably unusual because in addition to being aware of Western religions, I was curious about how people live in other parts of the world. So when I was 10 or 11, I started reading the Bhagavad Gita and the Quran and the Upanishads and the Tao Te Ching. And I was 
I had started comparing all these different world cultures. It was just a strange preoccupation of mine. And it's always been back there bubbling all these years. And so <laughs> sapient is the coming together of that um, that interest in, in unifying um, factors of, of, of humanity with this other idea of that enchanted forest, of all these things uh, singing together in counterpoint. And, and that's what really led to this project. And it probably has been a labor of love with enchantment that you didn't even expect. Tell us some of the stories about the making of this. And for example, the people that you brought together or let's, let's talk about your Buddha piece, for example. Uh, well, so uh, the yeah, the Buddhist piece was was interesting. There are, there are so many sects of Buddhism that are so uh, different from one another that from one uh, one group of Buddhism to another, they're almost as different as Buddhism is from, let's say, Islam. I mean, they have very little to do with one another. So I tried to find to represent the words of Buddha. I sought out. Uh, the Theravada Buddhists, who um, their texts that they focus on, uh, the sutras that that are important to them, uh, are, are from the old Pali language, which is a pre-Sanskrit language, and um, it's one of the only forms of Buddhism that all the others, uh, including Zen and Tibetan Buddhism, they all they all sort of agree that those old Pali texts are the words of Buddha. So that seemed like a good central place to begin. It's an ancient part of Buddhism. This is fascinating. Let's play a clip of that, and let's hear that now. Mata yataniyam puttam ayusa एक पुत मानुराके एवं पी सब्बूते सु मानसाम भावे आपरिमानम Tanche sabelo kasming. That's amazing. That's amazing. So now who sang that? Okay, so that's an interesting uh, thing how that piece came about. My original composition for the Buddhists was going to be monks chanting in unison, which is a more of a familiar sound that people associate with Buddhism. Um, I had worked with some monks in Los Angeles over a period of months um, to prepare for this. And uh, Bhante Piananda, who's head of the um, the Buddhist group, uh, the Theravada Buddhist group that I worked with, told me, well, you know, there's this one monk that's visiting from uh, Sri Lanka who, um, you know, he's a very well-known chanter there, and, um, you know, we, we could bring him along, too. Um, so he contacted him for me, and um, and he joined us. Um, and what was really interesting, you know, I, I didn't expect um, that it would be that significant. I really just wanted them to do what I wanted them to do. But once I heard what this 
Monk, the quality of his voice was so unique. Um, and uh, Puganagana Arathana is, is his name. He, I pulled him out of the group and I worked with just him. And this created this unexpected piece that you just heard the, a piece of. Um, and, and so I, I ended up with two Buddhist pieces, one the intended one, and the other the one that was the result of this, these incredible embellishments that he was doing. And I reorchestrated the whole thing. Um, it was really a wonderful, uh, unexpected what a surprise. thing. Yeah, what really. It's a gift to you, really. It, oh, because absolutely. He brought his his radiant soul to your project in a way you couldn't have expected. Yeah, I, exactly. And I can't uh, emphasize enough um, what a, if I don't mean to sound cliche, if I say a good vibes project, I mean that in the deepest way that when people, uh, came together to become part of this um, restatement of truth or what's important that cuts through this this whole swath of illusion that's kind of crossing America. That that when we refocus on these basic truths that that we know it it is a a real unifying wonderful feeling. Health it feels very healthy for all the people involved. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. All right, so if you want to get a hold of a copy yourself of Sapient, you can go to chesworks.com. So it's called chesworks, C-H-E-Z, works, W-O-R-K-S.com, and you can check out more there. We're going to play another piece from this album, and then we're going to come back and we're going to discuss it at length. This is just, you know, these are prayers. These are hymns and and brought together by people from all over the world with your research and your craft. So um, we have here this next piece. It's Lao Tzu. So just give us a brief introduction, and then we're going to play that out to break. So Taoism uh, is is um, a Chinese uh, philosophy. I don't know that you'd call it a religion, but in ancient China, there's, you know, Confucianism and Taoism were the two kind of reigning uh, lifestyles and philosophies. And Taoism is very deep. Um, it's attributed to a teacher named Lao Tzu, but there's some argument if there were, even was one teacher. Um, it's very, very deep existential, philosophical, and moral teachings. Um, that are brilliant. And the two uh, areas that I focused on the most, the lines I pulled out for this project, um, the the key phrases are um, weapons are um, instruments of fear. And the other one that was uh, that really caught my eye is that victory should be celebrated as a funeral because these go back to military feudal times. Now, that's, that is brilliant. And on that note, we're going to take a listen to this part, and then we're going to be right back. Stay tuned. We have more with Steve Chesney right here on Making Life Brighter Radio. Qua 
Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter Consciousness Columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free roam sanctuary. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions or comments, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. That's radio at makinglifebrighter.com. And now, back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're back. You're listening to Making Life Brighter Radio. Have you heard of Mr. Stephen Chesney? Well, you have now. He is the composer and the author of Sapient. And this amazing project of artwork composed in music of hymns the world over and not just hymns how else would you describe this these are um really ancient literary writings they're they're invocations and prayers that are sometimes chanted and spoken occasionally they're sung although not with the melodies these, these are all uh original melodies that were used for this purpose because they had to fit together at the end. Occasionally they're sung. For instance, the Sikhs um, actually pray by singing and, you know, in, in a style called kirtan. And um, what's interesting is um, the the fellow who sang the um, Sikh portion that I brought in 
Um, I knew he was a great Sikh singer, and it was only later that I realized he's considered a priest because in that culture, um, the song leader is is like a priest in another um, in another quote religion. So um, they're they're really literary works, though, for the most part. They're writings of these great speakers. And and the foremost philosophy or the message that is put forth that you mentioned in the last segment, and we went out playing the Lao Tzu piece. Tell us the story behind that and how that came together. Tell us. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. It's easy to find English translations of the Tao Te Ching. And by the way, if, you, if you're not familiar with the Tao Te Ching, you've certainly seen the yin and yang symbol everywhere. And that, that comes from this, um, this philosophy. Um, and what, what I found interesting was I, I thought, well, it's, all I've got to do is get a Mandarin uh, translation or the original Mandarin, and then I'll write music to that as if that was going to be so easy. Turned out I couldn't for the life of me find even Mandarin. And of course, it's written in a pre-Mandarin uh, dialect. There is an old Chinese master in Los Angeles who kindly was able to uh get me a Mandarin version. And then I thought, oh, this is going to now that you know, it took me months to get this. Now it's going to be so easy. I need a Mandarin speaker to read it for me. And I'll record her and I'll write music to that. And, sure. I'll, and I'll have her identify where the English lines were that I liked. And I'll pull those out. So so this woman I found um, named Shuilan, uh, she um took this on just to, you know, out of the kindness of her heart, but I didn't realize what I was asking. So when we finally got together to have a meeting, she had all this research with her and it turned out that this dialect is, is it's, it's like for us, Old English or pre-Shakespearean English or, or even Latin in its uh, academic uh, approach that, that the, the, the way they interpreted the Chinese characters and the philosophy behind it was, was deeply philosophical and very academic and very different from how modern Mandarin speakers uh, communicate. So she ended up having to do research just to help me with this. And I, um, so what was interesting is when we got together uh, and I had her speak it, I imagined that this Chinese portion was going to sound like I, I would have it influenced by Chinese opera or Chinese folk music. But I asked her to chant it for me the way someone at home would chant it. Um, and she did it in, in that kind of familiar monotone way. And it sounded so natural and so lovely. And I could picture an orchestra around it. And that's what led to this piece, actually. And I ended up using her uh, her voice, which was a, a, a big um, step away from the, the real um, highly refined um singers that I was pulling in from all over the world. This was just someone chanting it, and it was really a, a beautiful sound. It worked out. Mm -hmm. Now, when you approached this entire project, did you see all that was laid out in front of you, or did you have to break it up in stages? Did you go around the world? Did you find that you had one that you leaned into more than another? Um, it's an interesting question. I... I it was a constant unfolding of the unknown. And there were some cultures that I tried very hard to fit in that I ended up not, and some that I stumbled on in the process that I didn't expect. So it, it really unfolded 
almost like watching a movie. I, I had an abstract picture of what this was in my mind, but all the way through the process, even through the, the people I encountered, uh, the, the translators and the musicians, it was constantly changing and mutating. And so of this project, what was the most rewarding piece for you so far? And I say so far because you are going to carry this forward over time and you'll continue to have experiences that reflect back to you now that you've birthed it into the world, so to speak. You know, I think that um, the coming together of people in this was absolutely magical. Um, I had, as an example, um, I, I wanted, I had nothing to cover the continent of Africa. Africa is generally colonized by either Christian or Muslim uh, colonists. And so, and those were already covered in this project. I wanted some representative of indigenous people who existed for tens of thousands of years before um, these newer religions uh, came around. And I, and I had encountered this Kikuyu peace prayer. So um, where do you find someone in LA to translate Kikuyu? Not so easy. I, I almost gave up and did it in Swahili, which is a distant second. I did find a, a Kikuyu translator who lived in Naivasha, Kenya, and I was corresponding with him. We finally both got on Skype, and this was at first kind of business-like, and then it became this really interesting, magical thing of uh, being, you know, we're both looking into this window on our computer and seeing into another world really and he and i both got a kick out of it and there were times when we were working on the translation and we both started cracking up at, at how strange this really is and and um his little kid was running around and he he, he brought him up to meet me on um uh, on skype and then eventually uh, my wife diane came on and his wife came on and we all just sort of cracked up and got to know each other and started talking about what life is like there and here and um so this has kind of brought you together with the people in this project from all over the world. Yeah, and uh, exactly, and, and I and everyone could feel it. Everyone could feel this. What was what was happening? And and some magic really like a purpose. You all had a common purpose within the project, and yes. the purpose led the direction of. It sounds to me like the people that you've come across kind of serendipitously showed up in your path and then contributed from their heart toward this purpose once they understood what it is that you were attempting to do. Did you, do you have a piece in here that is perhaps maybe you intended it one way, but it came out completely different? Well, I think, yeah, a good example of that is the one we were talking about, that, that Buddhist piece <clears throat> really was a surprise, a pleasant surprise. Um, another one is the, um, I wrote a piece for the Hindu section and I studied with some swamis at the Vedanta Center in Los Angeles, um, some really beautiful um, uh, peace prayers that, um, uh, one is called the Shanti Mantra. It's very well known. A lot of people have set it to music. Um, and I wrote a piece for this brilliant Indian singer um, who was the, a protege of Lakshmi Shankar, who's one of the world's great um, 
Indian singers, just a brilliant, angelic, magical voice. And, and um, so uh, this woman that I worked with, I wrote a piece for her and we did several takes and she was just incredible. Um, Sudakshina Alajia is her name. And I thought the re recording session was over. I thought we were done. And at the very last minute I walked in and I said, just take a big breath and stretch this out and embellish it in the moment as you feel and, and draw out all the syllables and let's, let's try a whole different approach to this. And of course she took it, she just sprouted wings and took, took it down this whole other direction. So I ended up with two Hindu pieces, the one that I had originally composed and this other one where we, we stretched it out and I just played it over a drone. And this is an example also of a piece that you might find in India. Some of these are very close to the, uh, the culture that um, is reflected in the text and some are very original and, and unusual. Um, but that was, a, that was an example of one that, that I wasn't expecting and I really wanted to include in the collection. Now, we're gonna listen to one more piece before we go to break. And this is the Kikuyu piece. Um, tell us a little bit about that. So um, after working with the, the Kikuyu translator I was telling you about earlier, um, I started trying to uh, meet recording studios and other people in, um, in Kenya. And um, I found one guy who had a studio there and we formed a relationship just based on trust. And I started um, asking him to do things for me and I would, I would, I would send money to cover some of the costs. We, we formed a kind of a nice friendship that there, there was this just strange trust that went back and forth between us. And I asked him to audition singers for me. And each day I'd, he'd send me the auditions from that day. Um, all this over email. It was really interesting. Um, and, uh, I chose some singers. I sent the text um, and we did this whole recording, um, with, which I directed over Skype again. Um, and this was one piece from it that, that's uh, this Kikuyu Peace Prayer. A lot of people really respond to this one. Beautiful. Let's, let's hear that now. And we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Have you seen Winifred's healing jewelry? See what collectors and celebrities have been adoring for decades. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning, based on the energetic healing property of natural semi-precious gemstones. Whether you prefer a custom design or wish to choose something special from her handcrafted line of jewelry, all of Winifred's designs are tuned in a crystal quartz tuning bowl to the word love. Blessed stones by masters and even John of God, these healing pieces have been coveted by happy customers for years. With a fine eye for energy and aesthetic, Winifred brings to life the beauty within each stone and its unique healing properties. Enjoy more energy with Brazilian citrine. Protect yourself from EMFs and rebalance with tourmalines. Break unwanted patterns with beautiful appetite. Choose from a wide variety of gemstones and their healing properties. Designs by Winifred is fine jewelry with meaning. Follow on Facebook at Designs by Winifred or email at info at designsbywinifred.com. You voted show host Winifred Adams Writer of the Year for her Making Life Brighter consciousness columns, Entertainer of the Year two years running for her Making Life Brighter radio show, and Humanitarian of the Year for the third year running for her healing work and work at John of God. Medical intuitive and host of the Voice America Making Life Brighter radio show, Winifred Adams is your resource for wellness and consciousness training. A master healer for 20 years with a worldwide and celebrity clientele, Winifred uses her unique gifts to help those in need with physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments or trauma. Individuals and families may book private sessions in person or via Skype worldwide. Go to makinglifebrighter.com for more information. Enjoy Winifred's monthly articles with upwards of 30,000 fans. To buy music and subscribe to her Voice America radio show, visit iTunes worldwide. Follow along on Facebook at Making Life Brighter for her latest humanitarian effort to help move elephants in South America to a free Rome sanctuary. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Making Life Brighter with Winifred Adams on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to make an appointment with medical intuitive Winifred Adams, please email us at radio at makinglifebrighter.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook at Making Life Brighter, the preferred choice for conscious education and entertainment. Now back to the show with your host, Winifred Adams. And we're here today with special guest Stephen Chesney, and he's the composer of the album Sapient. And we've been discussing the works, which are truly a work of art. And by the way, you can buy this album by going to his website and learning more at chesworks.com. So C-H-E-Z-W-O-R-K-S.com. And I recommend everybody who likes any kind of prayer, hymn, new age, uh, chant music, anything that is of spiritual origin for you, as well as ambient music and historical music to check this out, because this is truly a work of art. Now, we've been discussing all our different excerpts from this album, and I have a few questions for you that uh, maybe are a little bit off the track of each piece, but let me ask you, how did you decide upon the cadence in each one of these? Because there's a certain rhythm to each each one, and they're different cultures. So it's got to be, you know. 
Well, okay, that's a really interesting question. Um, in order, knowing that they all had to fit together in the end, um, I had to choose a tempo that at least sections were all at 80 beats per minute. Um, and I don't want to get too technical about all that, but there were certain parameters that I had to put upon myself as a composer to make sure that these were going to work together. Um, and so it I'll was- I'll get technical for a minute. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so for example, the, the Taoist piece that you heard, the words of Lao Tzu, um, was actually recorded at 120. Um, and only musicians will understand when I say that if you overlay that on the 80 beats per minute, it sounds like triplets and it's a beautiful counterpoint to the other parts. And some of them were more eighth note based, some were syncopated. In, in non-musical terms, um, these are um, puzzle pieces, things that fit on top of each other, but you can still identify them as separate elements. Now, that's why I call this art, because this is not just composing. It, technically speaking, would you categorize this album as a spoken word album or as a new age album? Well, um, I would I would not say spoken word. It's the music itself um, is intended to evoke the spirit of the text and the expressiveness of these brilliant artists who brought this uh, to life. Um, they're inspired by the words, but they're bringing their humanity, their voice. The, the the vibration of, of the sound, which is its own animal. For example, the Baha'i piece, brilliant text, brilliant text of unity and oneness of humanity, but half the piece is without any words at all. We just went down a purely musical direction where she's um, stretching one long syllable for almost three minutes over the orchestra. Um, so the, the sound itself is a really big part of it, the expressiveness. And what was one of the common instruments that you decided would be the key? Or did each one have a different um, focal point in terms of an instrument? What was it's it's an eclectic choice. it's an eclectic collection. Um, there's a lot of different colors throughout the collection, but the sound of the orchestra, particularly orchestral strings, really does weave its way throughout this whole thing. And you can kind of hear my symphonic background, even though this is is a sort of it's a it's a very world new age. Um, stylistic collection, but you can really feel my symphonic roots through the whole thing. And what fun, what was the most fun that you had in doing this? Um, I think, you know, the surprises and the, the back and forth. Uh, you, you go in with one uh, image of what you want and you're constantly having to redefine that. And then it, it just, that's a very alive uh, kind of feeling and the, the things. It, it was an incredible learning journey for me. Like, let me share with you one little uh, thing. I, I knew of the Baha'i faith, for example. So getting back to the Baha'i piece, I'm familiar with the, the faith and, and um, that it's a very international, quote, religion. And I think they don't, they don't like to be called a religion. So this is what's interesting. This is a newer um, 
faith than many of these others, the last couple centuries. Um, and the leading proponent, uh, Abdul Baha, who, who lived uh, a couple centuries ago in, in Iran, um, his teaching, because he had seen the development of other great spiritual leaders and other religions and how these things get co-opted by priests and and uh, power structures that use religions. So his he said something that was brilliant um, in his own words. If this ever becomes a religion, you must destroy it. <laughs> in his own words. Um, but it was very, very well, that's amazing. very poignant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's a good check and balance that everyone should employ. <laughs> yeah, just to listen to the meaning of what he was saying. Yeah. Well, tell us, because we're going to go out on this last piece here and the last piece is called Cheyenne but before we do that and get into it I ask everybody that comes on the show what makes your life brighter what does make your life brighter as a composer as an artist um you know it is beyond the the text it's beyond the lyrics like we were talking about when music rings true um you get a chill you know the meme that's floating around on the internet of the baby that cries whenever its mother sings? There's this funny meme. It just tears up, uh, right. tears coming out whenever its mother's singing. I am that baby. I never outgrew that, and I still tear up when music is true, when it rings true. Well. I think that speaks to your musical vulnerability and and your empathy and your compassion in in the world. Now, tell us a bit about uh, Cheyenne. So, um, there was no representative of this whole hemisphere in this project. So many of these beliefs uh, groups and religions and cultures came out of the Middle East or or the Far East, and so um, I chose. Native American to represent this this whole hemisphere. <laughs> oh wow, that's re that's really profound. Well, I'd love to have you back, and I'd love to have you as a part of the the summit that I'm going to do in the fall. And this has been a real treat, and I want to say thank you very much for for coming and and being with us. Chessworks.com is where you can find Sapient, and here is Cheyenne. Thank you for coming, Steve Chesney. Thank you so much for having me, Winifred.
listening to Making Life Brighter on the Health and Wellness Channel. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 10 a.m. for information, inspiration, and education with leading experts in healing and consciousness. For more information and a complete show schedule, please visit us at makinglifebrighter.com. Making Life Brighter, successfully helping you feel better from the inside out. Go Jolly! This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.